All right, now back with me here on Next on the T is 2019 Champions Tour Player of the Year, Scott McCarron. Let me remind you about Scott's background. He's from Sacramento, California, played his college golf at UCLA, where he graduated with his degree in history. Following his graduation, he gave up golf for a few years to help his father and their family with their golf apparel business, came back and turned pro in 1992 and earned his way onto the PGA Tour in 1994. He won three times on the regular tour at the 96 Freeport McDermott Classic by five strokes over Tom Watson, at the 97 Bell Classic here in Atlanta by three strokes over David Duvall, Lee Jansen, and Brian Henninger. He repeated in Atlanta at the Bell South Classic in 2001, winning by a stroke over Mike Weir. He's partnered with Bruce Litsky and later Brad Faxon to win the Templeton Sharks shootout three times. He and Brian Henninger paired up to win the Fred Meyer Challenge in 2002. Since joining the Champions Tour, he's won 11 times, including three wins last year, and one of those back here in Atlanta at the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. Those wins, coupled with his consistently great play all season on the Champions Tour, earned him the Charles Schwab Cup, plus the Jack Nicholas Trophy for their Player of the Year honors. And I'm very honored to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Scott, thanks for coming back on the show. You got it, Chris. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> I think I you got a you lot might, of great things in my, your career. Yeah, you might have missed my my uh, my high school scramble event that I won, and uh, maybe my club championship <laughs> at Rancho Marietta in 1991. But other than that, you did pretty good. Ah, my bad. I'm sorry. I'll put that in next time. I'll make sure I get those in the <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, you Scott, you guys are coming off a couple of weeks up in Ridgedale, Missouri for the Charles Schwab series at, uh, at Big Cedar Lodge and then at Ozark National. And, and, um, and you guys played early in the week, which as a golf fan, I loved because you guys sort of had the golf stage and really the sports stage to yourselves playing Monday through Wednesday. What do you think about playing early in the week? You know, it was actually pretty cool. We played our first tournament, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, had the, uh, weekend off. And then uh, played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I thought it was great, and it was really special, you know, to have Phil Mickelson come out there and play his first uh, PGA Tour Champions event. Um, I think every eye in the golf world was on our tournament, which was pretty cool. And then uh, for Phil to play the way he did, man, he made everything for three days. Pretty impressive uh, scoring there. I thought it was great. Um, you know, I think when you know all this has happened with the the COVID and everything that. For us to play on that uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I thought uh, was a good good shot in the arm for us. Do you think that's something we might see more of in twenty twenty one? You know, I don't I don't really think so. Just because uh, uh, with pro ams and scheduling those type of things, and we we played two tournaments in uh, a period of ten days, so um, I I don't think we'll do that. But I you know, if it's something that our uh, our president. Uh, looks at and, and thinks that we can get more eyes uh, watching us and the sponsors would be more happy with that. That'd be great. You got to remember the sponsors, uh, sponsors tournament like to have people out there and entertain them. And, and to get people out there on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a lot harder than on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So once we get back to normal, I'm sure we'll be back, uh, you know, playing our normal schedule. Scott, I want to get your thoughts on, on Bernard Longer. I mean, the guy just turned 63 years old. He's number one again in the Charles Schwab Cup standings, leading money winner so far. Uh, are we sure this guy is human? Have you ever seen him bleed? <laughs> he, he's a machine. I mean, he, uh, it is definitely uh, German engineering. It's it's pretty impressive. But, you know, he's still working out. He's still eating right. He's still going to bed early. He's practicing all day long. 
uh, I, I think uh, as far as longevity, I don't think anybody's ever played this good for so long. I mean, you'd have to go back looking at Hale Irwin. I mean, Hale Irwin's the only guy that's above him in the win category with 45, and Langer's creeping right up on that. But uh, he's certainly the best I've ever seen uh, over such a long period of time. Scott, you guys are off this week. And um, talk about safety. And, and you, you mentioned COVID. How, how are the Champions Tour taking care of you guys? Is it, is it life in a bubble? And are you guys having to stay in the bubble this week? Or how are they keeping you safe while, uh, while you guys got a week off? Well, you know, they can't really do anything when they have, we have a week off. But once we get there, we actually take a, a, a COVID test, a saliva test, before we even get on a plane to go to the tournament to make sure that we don't have it. Um, then once we land, we go immediately and get uh, uh, the nasal swab COVID test to make sure that we're clear. And then once we get the go-ahead, then we're allowed to uh, come to the golf course. Um, so that keeps everybody pretty much uh, in that bubble. And once we're there and on that Monday or Tuesday, whenever you fly in, you pretty much stay in that bubble. We're, we're not really uh, you know allowed to go out into dining anywhere. Um, everybody's just doing room service or takeout. So the guys really try to do a good job of staying in that bubble. And so far, it's worked very well for us. Um, and, you know, with, with this COVID, you know, and us being the Champions Tour a little bit older, you know, you might have some guys that are more susceptible than the PGA Tour, obviously. And so uh, we're trying to be extra careful. And, and so far, we've done a great job. We've had basically only one player, I think, test positive, and that was Kent Jones before he even left to come to the tournament. So we caught that beforehand and, and uh, played it safe. and. You know, it, it's working out pretty well so far for us. What is it like life in the bubble? To your point, you guys getting room service and, and that sort of thing. Is it, does it feel claustrophobic at all? How are you guys sort of dealing with it night in and night out? Chris, it completely stinks. I can tell you that. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're a pretty social tour. You know, we've known each other, you know, for 30 years. And so we're always doing dinners and getting together with all the guys and the wives and having a good time. So uh, th- this is really, it's been awful. I mean, to be honest, uh, you fly in, you get your test, you go, you know, go to the golf course, you go back to the hotel room, you do that night after night after night. And uh, it stinks. And then honestly, being out there playing with no fans uh, is not a lot of fun either. I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, if you start making a couple bogeys, uh, you don't have that crowd to kind of feed off, you know, to get playing good again. And so I think it's it's a weird situation. I think you're seeing some guys on the PGA Tour uh, not handling as well. I mean, I think Tiger and Rory and some of these guys that haven't played quite as well, I think they feed off the fans quite a bit. Um, and I know certainly know I do. And uh, so I think it's a little bit little bit tough situation. But I got to tell you, the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour uh, and the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, and the LPGA Tour have done a tremendous job of hosting these events and allowing us to play even though we don't have fans. I mean, you know, the, the TV ratings have been through the roof, which is great, but the, but the sponsors aren't really getting, you know, what they normally get out of the tournaments, and that is bringing all their customers and their clients to the golf course and entertaining. And so for them to still step up to the plate um, and host these events, and we're still raising money for charity, uh, I got to hand it to you, we have some of the best sponsors in all of sports um, across the board, and I I'm, couldn't be more happy to be a part of the PGA Tour Champions. And Scott, as you mentioned, you know, being weird without the fans out there was was the first tournament or two extra weird because you know when you when you make that big birdie putt or something, you know, hit a hit a really great shot, you're kind of used to 
you know, recognizing the fans, waving to the fans, that sort of thing. And, and when those birdie putts go in and there's no clapping, got to be an eerie feeling. You know, it is. My, and my first back, tournament back was the uh, at Colonial, the Charles Schwab Championship, because I'd won the Schwab Cup. They uh, gave an invite to the Schwab winner. And so I got to play with the young guys there. And it was really weird. I remember I made my first birdie and I kind of raised my hand. There's <laughs> There's nobody there clapping. It's just me with my hand raised. So, you know, it was awkward. Um, and, it, and it continues to be kind of awkward. You know, you, you get on the team, they announce you, and there's there's no clapping. I mean, there's no nothing. Uh, which I guess, you know, when I was first on the PGA Tour, um, I used to say that uh, I was kind of in the, always in the hot dog group. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the hot dog group. But the hot dog group is when a fan comes up and they go, oh, look, we got uh, McCarron. Um, Carl Paulson, Kenny Knox. Oh, let's go get a hot dog. So <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's kind of like that again, you know, where, where there's no fans out there. So uh, it, it is, it is really surreal. Uh, but but I tell you what, I'm just uh, I'm tickled that we we get to keep playing, even though we've lost a lot of events this year. Um, hopefully, we'll we're going to continue with those events next year and, and have a full schedule again next year. Scott, you got off. To a hot start early this season, you had a couple of top tens in the in the first six tournaments. Did it kind of restart and get the momentum going again after that long layoff? You know, it was uh, you know it was a five month layoff, and and to be honest, Chris, I really didn't play golf at all in those five months. I I started practicing a little bit about a week before Colonial, played Colonial, then I didn't touch the clubs again until I went back to Flint. Uh, I live on a lake here in in North Carolina. And, we were wake surfing every day and, and I kind of used it as a, as a time in my life of just to enjoy being at home. We've moved to a new place here in, in Mooresville and, and, uh, got together with, with some friends that were kind of in our bubble, um, on the lake and, and my wife and I just making dinners every night and just having a great time and really enjoying just being at home and doing nothing. So, uh, it was uh, the longest, you know, I've been away from golf off season except for maybe I was injured. Um, way back in 2006, but you know, it, coming back was hard, and uh, I wasn't quite sharp, I wasn't quite ready, and then my shoulders started hurting a little bit from I think lack of use, <laughs> and, and my back, and you know, I was a mess. I was a mess for the last month. I mean, I couldn't get over the hump of uh, getting my body back, so um, I had to recommit myself to the gym and and uh, you know all the things that I normally do just to stay in shape that I, I kind of lacked was lax on uh, over the last five months. But I tell you what, Chris, I had a great time. Uh, I drank a lot of phenomenal wine. We made some great dinners. And uh, luckily, you know, we stayed in this bubble. I, I hardly ever left uh, the circle. It's about a mile away from us going to the clubhouse the whole time. And and uh, we stayed safe and, and, you know, things were great. So, but it, after having that long time off, it's nice to be back going to work. Um, it is different. It is obviously a little bit weird. But I'm having a good time going back. I just uh, the game's starting to get sharp again. I just had my teacher, um, E. A. Tischler, come in for three days after when I got home from the uh, from Branson. Um, he's a, a teaching pro up at Olympia Field, so he couldn't do anything all last week because the BMW champion was there. So we got a good chance to some work on some stuff, and uh, so I'm excited to get back out there uh, and go to Sioux Falls next week. That's kind of like I mentioned in your intro. I read that your first your first two hole in ones on the PGA Tour actually came in the same round, seven holes apart. Tell that story. And did you play the lottery that night? 
<laughs> yeah, it was actually in the, it, it was before I got on the PGA tour and it was at a, uh, a golden state event or California golf tour event. Um, the Charlie people's pro-am in Alameda. And you know, it was, it's really funny. I, I played golf all my life. I've ne- I'd never had a hole in one up to that point. Uh, I was 29 years old or whatever, 28 years old. I'd never been in the group when anybody had ever had one. And I'd never seen one. And I watched a lot of golf and went to a lot of golf tournaments uh, where I grew up at Silverado. And I'd never seen one go in the hole. So um, I had my first one, the seven iron from, I think it was about 175 uh, on the fourth hole. And then on the 11th hole, I had my second one with the six iron. And I almost made another one um, that landed about an inch from the hole, almost flew in the hole on the 16th hole there. So uh, I did play the lottery and I lost. But I did make the whole run, so that was good. <laughs> Scott, I was looking over some videos, and I saw one of you talking about the first time you got to play with Tiger Woods and then traveling with him and Mark O'Meara, John Cook, who was on the show a couple yep. of weeks ago. You guys heading over to Ireland and fishing and all that sort of thing. Talk about getting to know Tiger Woods the person. Yeah, it was great. Mark O'Meara and I uh, became very good friends uh, after my, my first year on the tour. Um, actually, a quick little story. Mark O'Meara, the last term of the year at that point was Vegas, or second last tournament, and I played really well, and I needed to finish third by myself to keep my tour card. And I didn't know Mark O'Meara at all, and I just finished my round after shooting 64, 65 in Las Vegas, and came in, and Davis Love and everybody was looking at the TV, and they said, "Hey, if Mark O'Meara misses this putt, you're going to keep your tour card." You know, and before I could look up at the TV and and yell "miss it," <laughs> he he missed it from about two feet. And, and that's what got me to get my tour card by, by $2,000 that year. And so I'm in the locker room, change my shoes. O'Meara comes in. He didn't know me at all. And he says, he says, Hey kid, he goes, I'm glad I, that putt I missed in the last hole helped keep your job because don't forget me at Christmas. And so I <laughs> sent Mark, uh, a, I sent Mark a case of Dom Perignon for every Christmas for the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we became really good friends. We we fished, and uh, and then he started inviting me to Ireland uh, before the British Open. I got to go with with Mark and Tiger and David, John Cook, and uh, we just played golf and fished and um, had had a few pints of Guinness. I think I might have had more than Tiger normally, um, but you know somebody's got to drink that Guinness, Chris. It just doesn't drink itself. <laughs> and uh, but but uh, get, you know getting to know Tiger was great. I mean. Uh, watching him practice, watching him work out what he did. Um, you know, he would eat the same things about every meal, um, how disciplined he was. Uh, it was very impressive. Uh, I'll never forget, we, we got to go back that next, that later that year to, to Mount Juliet, Ireland, where we'd actually gone to play a little practice round one day, which is another good story. After my birthday, we were, both, we were all pretty hungover, but we made it through. Uh, but Tiger and I played in the final group there at Mount Juliet. And uh, he played the entire tournament and didn't make a bogey till the last hole, uh, which was incredible. And uh, I kind of gave him some grief about bogey the last hole. And so we're all in the <laughs> in the bar uh, having having some pints. We're going to catch a bus back to the back to Shannon Airport and head back over. We got you know we get, the tour's got the private planes playing for us. And Tiger then is going I think to the Ryder Cup I think after that. And after he wins, he just wins all this money, and we're all having pints and having a good time. We see him walk by, and we're like, come on, Tiger, come on, have a beer and celebrate. He goes, nope, I'm going to work out. It's like, we all looked at each other like, how are we going to beat this guy? He just annihilated us, and, he, and he's going to work out. I mean, who does that? It was it was pretty impressive to watch what he did all those years, and I got to hand it to him. I mean, the guy 
he's the greatest golf I've ever seen. And he's going to be 45 on December 30th, right? Five more years till he's eligible for the Champions Tour. What do you think it's going to yeah. be like oh. when he decides to come play out there? You know, it's funny. I uh, I won the Senior Players two years ago and got to play the Players Championship, and I hadn't seen Tiger for a long time. And so uh, as I'm walking in the clubhouse one of the days, he's out in the parking lot, and he's like, hey! And he yells at me, and he runs over. And he goes, hey, he goes, hey I got uh, eight more years. <laughs> and I said, so we'll be waiting for you. So I, I would love to play. I mean, it, I, you know, the, the thing is with the Champions Tour, we have so much fun, and it's so competitive. Um, I'll never forget, I, I, I won a tournament in Boca a couple of years ago, and we went and played a pro-am or for Jack Nicholas over at Lost Tree, and, and we got to go to Jack and Barbara's house for dinner. And Jack pulled me aside, congratulating on the win, and then he says, hey, I just want to tell you, um, I have one regret. He goes, I wish I would have played more on the Champions Tour. He goes, I loved it. So much fun. It was so competitive, and I got to be with my friends. And he says, because once it's over, it's over. There's no going back. And I thought, you know, here's the greatest golfer that's ever lived that wishes he would have played more on the Champions Tour. Because once you're done playing competitive golf, it's over. So why not take advantage of it? And I, I've taken that to heart. I've played just about every event over the last couple of years, uh, you know, trying to support our tour and trying not to miss out and really enjoying it. Because there will come a time where I won't be able to play anymore and be competitive. And I'm sure, you know, as all of us, we'll miss it. So having said that, the greatest Gilbert's ever lived, you know, why not have Tucker Nicholson come out and join us? Why not have Tiger Woods come out and join us? Um, everyone pretty much does. Only a, a few guys have it. And most of those guys have something else going on in their lives, businesses. You know, like Greg Norman has so many things going on that, you know, he just didn't really have the time to practice and prepare to, to play the way he wanted to. But. Most everybody else, you know, we're golfers and competitive at heart. So if once we can't play on the PGA Tour um, and we get over that fact, um, then the, the PGA Tour Champions is, is a great place to be. Scott, just a couple more before I let you go. And, and I saw that you got to fly with a Thunderbird. What was that like? Yeah, I did. It was, you know, it was awesome. I actually got my pilot's license uh, back in 1987 when I was in college. Um, I, Spent a summer up in Sun River, Oregon, in Bend, and got my college license. And I flew out of Santa Monica in L.A. Went to school and a little bit in Sacramento. And so flying's always been a huge passion of mine. Um, and so I got to meet some some guys that fly for the Patriot Jet Team, um, which is a jet team uh, based out of Northern California and Byron, California. And they're all made up of ex Blue Angels and Thunderbirds and Snowbirds and and uh, one civilian civilian pilot who's my one of my best friends, Johnny Possum, boards. And these guys hooked me up with the Thunderbirds and, and got me a flight. And it was incredible. We had it filmed for um, inside the PGA Tour. And we went up in a three-ship, uh, went up with Solo 5 and 6. And it was my guys, his last time flying for the Thunderbirds. So he goes, as long as you don't get sick <laughs> and we're doing okay, I want to stay up here until we go bingo fuel. Because I, it, this will be my last time flying. The F-16 for the Thunderbirds. So we went out and uh, took out a Nellis Air Force Base and went to their practice field and just just did everything you can imagine. I mean, pulled nine Gs, low level, upside down, 50 feet off the deck. I mean, it was just uh, you know it's close slot. I mean, it, you just can't believe how good these guys are, how close these planes fly together. Um, it, one of the most incredible experiences 
I've ever been through in my life. And, uh, and then I, I, after that, I actually got to go up, uh, at a Top Gun, an F-18. Um, got to do a sortie against an F-16, which was incredible. Um, got to fly some T-38s, uh, P-51 Mustangs, um, some old T-6 Texans. So I, I, I love flying and any chance I can get, uh, to go up and, and one of those old warbirds is, is pretty cool. Scott, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, some of your sponsors. I know you, you're doing some work with Tour Edge, Exotics, and Titleist. Talk about the guys that are uh, keeping you out on tour. Yeah, Tour Edge Exotics is doing a phenomenal job. They're making, uh, they make best hybrids I think have ever been made. I mean, they've always been known for their three woods and hybrids, but they're doing a phenomenal job with the drivers now. We've got uh, quite a few guys on the PGA Tour Champions using the driver. I'm trying to work one in right now. Um, and then they just uh, sent me some wedges a couple weeks ago that I put in at Flint, and uh, they're fantastic. So Tim Pet- Petrovic uh, got all the clubs of Tour Edge Exotics in his bag and finished second last week. So it's been great for the company to have so many guys out there playing them, and, and they've been a great support uh, for our PGA Tour champions. They're out there every week um, getting clubs in guys' hands and, and dialing them all in. So it's been good to have those guys out. Uh, Tyler Swiftjoy has always been a, been a great sponsor of mine. And yeah, love those guys, love the balls and shoes and gloves. So, and then I play out here at the Trump National Charlotte in Mooresville, which is a great golf course, Greg Norman designed. It, uh, we've got about 12 holes that meander through the lake here on the water. It's just a great practice facility and a great place to play and, and hang out. One of the, one of the play, best places I've ever been in my life. And, uh, I'm, I'm proud to call it home now. Scott, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, uh, Scott McCarron, and then on Instagram, Scott McCarron Golf. Uh, we try to post some things every now and then and, and have some fun with the Twitter and uh, the Instagram. And we, we're coming out to Sioux Falls uh, next week to Minihana. Great little golf course. And then we get to go to Pebble Beach the following week, which is my favorite place uh, to play golf in the whole world. So looking forward to those next couple of weeks. And uh, then we'll head back out, head back out west, uh, or actually out east, and play SAS, Richmond, Boca, and then finish it up at Phoenix. So a uh, short little season, but uh, we're trying to make a big push to, to the end. And then it, it really isn't a season because we continue it. This is going to be a – we're going to continue our 2020 all the way into 2021 and not finish up the Swap Cup till next year. Well, Scott, it's always fun having you as part of the show. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of it. Hopefully, uh, we get the privilege of having you back on the show again real soon. Chris, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Stay safe, Scott. All the best to you and your family. That's the great Scott McCarron, folks. And give him a follow on social media. A lot of fun stories and uh, rooting hard for him out on the Champions Tour and the push all the way, like you said, into next year for the uh, Charles Schwab Cup, and he's reigning champion. So hopefully Scott uh, gets the momentum back going and the shoulder feels better, and uh, we start to see him back at the top of the leaderboard real soon. 